0: LifeWay
1: Leadership. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. My name is Matt Love. I'm here with JD Greer. I think we need a name for the people that listen to this podcast. I don't know what it is. Uh Greeries. I don't know. Say what? Cindy. Cindy. <laughs> okay, that's good. Cindy. Hello, Cindy. Thank you for uh tuning in today. Um JD, the question today is is it wrong to ask God for success? Or is it wrong to ask God for prosperity? And I think this is a good question because
1: Cindy, Cindy wants to be prosperous. Cindy
0: wants to be prosperous. A lot of us know, you know, we've heard the term prosperity gospel, yeah. and if we're in certain circles, it's like, oh, that's not good. Um, but then you read the Bible sometimes, and you're like, I don't know. It seems like they're pl- praying for prosperity. And so how do we how do we reconcile these things?
1: Yeah, no, you actually, that's a, you explained a question very well because I think a lot of Christians, they don't know whether they can ask God to bless something. Should I feel guilty? Does this make me somebody who believes the prosperity gospel? So let me give a short answer and then qualify it for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> okay? The answer is no. It is not wrong to pray for prosperity. Um, you, you know, there's certainly the, the greatest gifts that God gives are Himself. And a lot of times, physical blessings get in the way of that. And it's very possible, as St. Augustine said, for us to um, replace God with the, the blessings of God, and it is wrong to treat God like a genie in a bottle where you're like, God, give me, you're my means to um, to, to essentially all the idols I served when I didn't know you. Is, is God just a better means to an end? And, and and that would be very wrong. But after God has occupied that place in your heart and you recognize that he is the greatest of all the treasures that he, he gives, is it wrong to ask for goodness in your family? Or that goodness might come in the form of health or a, a good paying job or kids that grow up to love Jesus, or you get into a school that you really want to see them prosper in. I can't see how anybody with an honest reading of the Bible would say that we're not supposed to pray and ask for that kind of goodness. I, I love Psalm twenty seven thirteen, where uh, the psalmist at the end says, I know that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The land of the living means I don't want to just experience God's goodness one day when I get to heaven. And a lot of people in reaction to the prosperity gospel will talk like that, like, oh, just wait till you get to heaven. God is his own. And, and, and I agree with all that. But also, no, I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, because yeah. I give you a good example. I want my kids to know and love Jesus, and so I'm asking, yes, can I be satisfied in God if they if they don't? Of course, you know I mean, God is his own greatest reward, but I really want to see I want to see my church prosper because it helps them know and and love God, and so I'm asking God for. Uh, for success in those things, if you go back through the, the through the Old and New Testament, I, I I just made a list. I'm gonna read it to you okay. uh, and to our Let's listeners, Matt, of the things that I've noticed. I just kind of did this mostly from just reflecting things I've noticed people prayed for. Hmm. right? Hannah, First Samuel one prays for a son. Solomon prays for wisdom to be able to lead. Manoah, that was Samson's father, asked God to show him how to raise his son. David prayed for guidance and assistance in in dealing with trouble. Eliezer prayed that he would meet the right girl to introduce to his BFF, Isaac you know, God lead me to her. Um, uh, Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still so he could have more time to get the job done. Hezekiah asked God to turn back an invading army. Daniel asked God to show him the meaning of a dream. Jacob prayed for God to keep him safe from his angry brother. Gideon prayed not once, but twice for God to confirm something that he felt like God had called him to do. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. And then he turns around and prays that it would rain. (laughs) Nehemiah asked God to give him the guts to make a big request of his boss. James prayed for sick people to get better um, throughout the gospels. We see desperate dads praying for their dying daughters. Um, Paul prays that he'd be able to go and see his friends. First Thessalonians three, the early church prays so that, that they wouldn't cave um, in fear in the face of persecution. Uh, John, the apostle prays for Jesus to return because he's just so tired and, and just wants to see Jesus. I could go on. The point is throughout the Bible, you find people praying about anything that matters to them anything they think is essential in doing what they think they're supposed to do, just like God wants them to do. I would say at the end of the day, it has to do with two things, motive and idolatry. Hmm. Let's start with idolatry first. Whenever you're asking God for something so that you can find in that thing something you should be finding in God, at that point you're praying like an idolater. Hmm. The example James uses, James 4, is, is he calls it praying like an adulterer. I don't mean to be crass here, but I mean just think of a man going to his wife and saying, hey, you know, when we got married, you promised to meet my romantic and sexual needs. His wife says, yeah. And she says, well, what I need is your friend so-and-so talk to them and convince them to sleep with me. She's going to say, that's not what I, I meant. I would fulfill these things in myself. When we ask God for money or prosperity or fame in order that we can be happy and fulfilled, God looks at us and says, why are you looking for in those things what you should be finding in me. And so when we pray like an idolater, God considers it a form of spiritual adultery. And so if we're praying for prosperity for those reasons, that would always be wrong. But there's another reason you can pray for prosperity, and that is to be a blessing to people. Um, you know, I, th- I think of Jabez who prayed, you know, famous prayer, the, the prayer of Jabez, he prayed for God to make him a blessing. And that might mean Doesn't necessarily mean, but it might mean through being financially successful so that you can bless others. Solomon, I mentioned him praying for wisdom. I've always loved, people always, they know that he prayed for wisdom, but what they overlook is why he asked for it. Hmm. God, give me wisdom for the sake of this great people. Like they need me to be really wise because- They need to be able to be led in your ways. It's not wrong for me to pray, I think, for God to make me a successful leader and pastor and great preacher and teacher because I'm doing so for the sake of God's glory and this great people. Sure, if God uh, chooses to turn me into Job and all my friends depart me and the church I pastor crumbles and... I flame out. It's okay. I can be satisfied in God, but I don't think it's wrong to say, God, I want to see your goodness through me and in my ministry in the land of the living. So um, don't turn God into your own heavenly pinata where you you know take faith as a whacking stick and try to get the candy you want out but also when you, when your heart is in the right place and you've given yourself to ministry, sure, ask God for blessing for you to see an outbreaking of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living.
0: Yeah, JD, I think, I mean, th- I think that, that motive ideas is really helpful. And, and I think part of the reason I think this question comes up and is important for us is we live in a pretty affluent context. And so I think a lot of times um, for people that are more you know that that live in the Western context, they have a lot of money or possessions, and sometimes that asking for prosperity is more about comparison or something that's not really um, rooted in rooted. It's more rooted in idolatry, like you were saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's actually a great point, Matt. In that, um, for for many, for Americans and people in Western society, the prosperity gospel is kind of the ultimate version of the American dream. Hmm. Now God is on my side to give me all these things that I need. I actually participated in a Netflix show called The American Gospel, where it's it's now on Netflix, and they basically talk about the difference in the biblical gospel, and then what Americans have turned into the gospel, that God is your way to the perfect family and, yep. and career fulfillment and all those things. I read an article several years ago in Christianity Today that contrasted what the prosperity gospel looks like when it's preached in America, as the completion to an idolatrous life versus how it it lands in parts of Africa huh. where the context is totally different. And what it showed is that for many Africans in some of these more oppressed countries, you know what they've been dealing with is essentially degradation, um, discouragement. Those have been the norm and the gospel came along preaching dignity, hmm. that you're not somebody else's property that you are made in His image, and as someone made in His image, you are worthy of respect. And God has appointed you to be a master of the uh, of the earth around you, and He's made the world subject to you. And if you took those same things and just preached it to an affluent Western congregation, you would sound like it's all about you know self fulfillment. But to them, it was an important part of preaching the full image of God. And so, I think we have to be a little circumspect at, at, at the situation we're talking about. The prosperity gospel is. I would just class classify it as a heresy. Hmm. But I would say like most heresies, there are elements of truth in that that can apply to certain people in certain times in ways that are liberating. There are people who need to hear. God has given you dignity, and He's appointed you in His image to be um, a you know what what some theologians call a co-creator with Him on Earth. Uh, he's made the put the Earth underneath your feet, and and you were not supposed to be somebody else's property. You are are His son or daughter. So put your head up. And I think in that context, there are some 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 really good things that we can can learn from some of these passages in the Bible that complete our our view, our, our full biblical view of the of the dignity and the prosperity that God has appointed man to.
0: JD, that's so helpful, and we're really thankful that that we got to get that question answered today. And if you enjoy this podcast, uh, any of the episodes we've done, we would love it if you would just briefly review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more reviews just helps this podcast get in front of other people, and others can enjoy it as well. So we'd love it if you would do that for us. And we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.